Hey guys, welcome to the self-evident podcast. It is Sunday night, 7 p.m. You got your boy Mike. Guess what? Massey is once again not in the house. Don't sign off. Don't sign off. Okay. You still got me. Uh, Massey and the family are taking a much needed vacation. So they are out in uh, Tennessee. Go ahead, give them some love, show them uh, some prayers, and pray they get back safely. But until then, which they will be back next week, you've got me. And we've got some cool stuff to cover, a little bit different, and I want you to bear with me because I think this is going to be useful for you. And we think a lot about what's going on in today's world. Now is the time to start thinking about yourself. Are you ready to handle the world? Are you ready to handle what's going to be thrown at you? Before we get started, do not forget to check out all of the usual platforms. We've got the SoundClouds, the Spotify's, the iTunes, the Facebooks. Share, like, subscribe. There, I hit it. I'll hit it again at afterwards, but check us out on that stuff. Be sure to activate on this and leave us a comment. Um, I am up in the Facebook, the Facey Spaces right now. So go ahead, leave a comment. Let me know where you're from and uh, how you're doing. But that being said, Croft, are you ready to get into it already? Oh, yeah. I'm ready to get into it. Let's blow into this thing. All right. Number one, slide number one, this story just kind of tickles me because this is go figure. Uh, Congress has decided to exempt themselves again because you know it's really important when Congress decides they don't need to do it. So now that uh, federal workers, contractors, workers for companies with more than 100 employees and pretty soon everybody else, right, are mandated to inject themselves with a substance that they may or may not agree with, um, Congress decided they're going to exempt themselves because they are there for you. They are just like you. They they feel like you feel. They they work hard like you work hard. And dang it, they just, they're one of the boys, right? So the New York Times reported this. They said the executive order doesn't apply to Congress because they're not part of the executive branch. Makes sense. Uh, however, Pelosi suddenly argued about privacy and rights and all that, because of course, privacy is so important to Congress. She said, so, so here's the thing we are, we cannot require someone to be vaccinated. Oh, you can't. That's just not what we can do. It is a matter of privacy to know who is or who isn't. Pelosi said, I can't go to the Capitol physician and say, give me the names of people who aren't vaccinated. So I can go encourage them or make it known to others to encourage them to be vaccinated. So we can't we we can't do that. Do you understand how insane that sounds? How how crazy that sounds of we've been told for how long we're going to have to force you to get one and, and forcing people to get one is just part of it. And they, you know, stop the spread and be safe. But when Congress and their staff are concerned, suddenly we're concerned about privacy and Hippocratic oath and not forcing somebody to do something. You know, we can encourage, but we can't force. Um, they get paid regardless. Absolutely right. Shelly, they get paid regardless. So, so, so Croft says, you know, of course they, they care about privacy, but then again, they've been talking about these passports or these vaccine IDs or these COVID cards. Right. So my solution is Nancy, let's get all of you guys vaccine passports and you can just flash them at each other and show them to everybody in the, in Congress and walking through the house, showing your vaccine passport. Maybe you need to have one to vote 
in Congress. You know what's even better? Maybe you just shouldn't be there in Congress. Can we do that? Who's game for that? Let's just not have a Congress. For a little while, you know, my solution to this whole problem is let's go ahead and pay them, but they're only allowed to work one week a year. Imagine how little they would intrude on your lives. They get paid, so they're happy. That's fine by me, as long as you're not intruding on my life. Now, I don't think most people are going to go for that, but who knows? Maybe. Uh, but do you remember when Congress actually carved themselves out of you know that little thing called Obamacare? Uh, they gave themselves an exemption from it because you know it's so good that they need to force it upon you, just not for themselves. Uh, how about taxes? Other regulations, you know, but they were sure to vote themselves a raise. I want you to know they're taking care of their wallets. Just in case you were worried if Nancy Pelosi was going to be able to eat the high-level ice cream or the uh, convenience store, dollar store ice cream, she will be able to get the gourmet haagen this weekend. Just for because of you, I want to give you a round of applause. You have... You have helped her sustain herself in her $25,000 fridges. What's that, Kra? <laughs> Flash it up. I, I want you to see that. That's beautiful. That's just, she's one of you guys. She's one of you. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, guys. I'm a little uh, snippy on this whole thing because I'm so sick of these people. So tired of them. They don't even care about their appearances anymore. They don't care how they look to you. Why? Because they've got a snowballed and they've had a snowballed. We just accepted it. We allowed them to be kings. And we have so many people that are sitting on our Facebooks and our social medias and sitting next to us that agree with them being our kings. Now, I'm not saying go out and attack those people. What I'm saying is there are a lot of people who have just taken in the idea that we're being ruled by kings. And whatever they say by fiat must be true and it must be good because guess what? They've got Anthony Fauci sitting next to them. It's ridiculous. And this is why it's so important for you to start paying attention to what are they actually doing and the fact that these are just human beings. These are people who are humans, very flawed, and I would almost argue they are more likely to be people who are greedy and selfish because what do they want? They want power. They want attention. They want approval. They want wealth. They want elitism. They want connections and resources. So I don't have a whole lot of faith in the people at the top. Also, do you know that the over 600,000 person strong postal worker union will also get carved out of this whole federal worker mandate. The people that are going door to door and handling your mail will be carved out. Why do they keep telling you this is so necessary for everybody's safety, yet the people who are doing the convenient overnight delivery of COVID to your doorstep are not the ones that are going to get forced to get vaccinated? Why? Because it was politically expedient to keep the unions happy who were not happy about a mandate. If that doesn't tell you something about all this, it should. <laughs> they need inner healing ASAP. I, whole, I wholeheartedly agree. And we're actually going to get into the idea of inner healing a little bit tonight. But they do. And I criticize very strongly because... There's, there's a pride and an arrogance that seems to be coming from these people of Congress where they know they have a snowball, and so therefore they take advantage. 
but th- at the same time, we should be praying for these people and seeking for for their repentance, their turning around to the Lord. And it doesn't mean that they're going to agree with us on 100% of everything, but man, I would rather see hearts change. Now, us, because we've been pointing the finger, what we're going to get into is us. And I'm going to talk a little bit. I love this type of stuff. And, and I really want you to, to hear all this through. Let me ask you a question. And then I've got something for you before we get fully into it. But hold on to this question. Do you feel like you are a fully developed person? Now, I'm, I'm very much involved in the idea of growing up real men. But I think this absolutely applies for women, too. And so all of this is going to be gender neutral. It's, it's for everybody. But I want you to think about, are you a fully developed person? Even if you're 60 years old, do you feel there are areas in you that, that need to get more developed? And here's why it's so important, because what we're facing today, if you don't stand on principle through all of it, you're going to crumble. Compromise will come easy. Why? Because you're more concerned about what somebody else thinks of you and what somebody else says than what your principles are. If you stand on principle and conviction, then you can stand without compromise. But before we get into that, um, we've had a, a, a devoted listener um, reach out to us, and she has a little girl named Bella. And I'm, how do I do this? We don't normally do this type of thing. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to point you to their website. Bella was born, born without an immune system. And so if you feel it on your heart to help out, um, Bella's in and out of the hospital all the time, that kind of thing. Um, I want you to go ahead and go and check out their website, Bella, B-E-L-L-A hyphen brave, B-R-V-B-R-A-V-E.com. That's Bella hyphen brave.com. And we'll, we'll put it in the comments. Um, go check it out. Uh, check out their stuff. They had reached out to us and asked, could we, could we just say something? Um, and most importantly, I really call you guys to prayer for Bella. That's that's the biggest thing we can be doing, let alone supporting. They, they've got a website, a store. You can buy some stuff. Um, but prayer is the biggest thing we can be doing. And so I, I really call to you guys to start praying. So let's get into this. This series is called In the Making. Which and, and Carrie Franklin came up with a title, and I love that because it's so true. You are in the making. You are being made day after day. And the beautiful part of that is you are a part of the process. And so what we're going to do for the next three weeks is we're going to talk about you're in the making and how do you develop to become a better person. Because I guarantee there are things in you that you don't like. There's bits and pieces that you go, I just wish I could, I wish I could, why can't I? I always, this is going to just help kind of lay a framework of what are you looking for? And it's something that I'm really working through and I'm trying to put together. Um, Yes, that's it. Good. Uh, In the comments on Facebook, that's what it is. So I'm putting together actually a book for all of this. Um, It'll be geared towards men, but women, obviously, you can read it and gather a lot of stuff out of it. Uh, This week, we're doing the mind or the soul. Next week, we'll be doing spirit. Massey and I will be doing that because I think he has so much to give in the way of spiritual side of things, scripture, 
And then we're actually going to be doing the body on the third one. And I know that's not usually a self-evident direction, but I really feel, I know a lot of people that I'm friends with at the church who fitness is becoming more important. Health is becoming more important. And I think it's something that the Lord is waking up because think about if you have hard times, you need to be healthy to handle those hard times. You've got to have energy. You've got to be able to, to go long distances. You've got to be able to exert yourself, hard work. And we, we look at what's going on in this country, and we have an obesity problem, which is directly correlated to our COVID problem. And now is the time for us to start getting ourselves healthy. But first, let's start with the mind or the soul. So if you're ready to get into this, I'm ready to get into this. You're going to learn how to develop yourself here. And so this week, our segment is the mind or the soul. So please know, okay, this is not a secret solution to life, nor is it unique in its application or its process. There's lots of different things that can go kind of this route. But here are my keywords. And I've got three kind of keywords for us to work through. Your biggest goal is to become unified and whole with the vision that God has for you. Let that sink in. Your biggest goal should be coming unified with the vision that God has for you. And I think sometimes what happens is we, we put it on the Lord that, Lord, I'm going to sit here and you're going to do all of it. And there's a partnership that goes on in this because we have to be willing to say yes at the same time. We've got to be obedient to the Lord. And there are plenty of different maxims and slogans and things and lists to tell you how to develop yourself. So take what works in this, discard what doesn't. And when it's done, what I'm hoping is you can glean some knowledge. You can go, oh yeah, I can apply that. And maybe if the Lord wills some deep, true revelation about what's going on in your own life. And I want you to be able to source it back to what's causing issues between you and other people, you and your own life, you and the Lord. That's something we don't think about with our soul or our mind is that can hinder us right? It's connection to the heart. So I'm going to be using the word soul because this is, this is kind of the biblical sense of what the soul is. It's your mind, your personality, your emotions, your will, your desires. It's what makes you you. As I convey to this camera and out onto the internet, it's my soul very much getting conveyed out, my personality. Your soul is unique. You're individual. And I'm going to tell you your special snowflake and all of that, but you're unique. And I think a lot of people, what happens is they decide, well, if I take on Christ, I'm leaving myself behind. And so therefore I'll become a Christian drone. The thing is the, the people that I know who are loving, spirit filled, deeply reverent people of the Lord are so full of their own personality coming out. And what I truly believe God does is God takes your personality because he's created you. And when you are fully following the Lord, your personality comes out in beams. It's all of the crap that gets piled on that hides your personality. 
and and it hides between these these twists and these caverns and and these holes and these these closets and these brick walls and so there's only this sliver of personality that really gets out and a lot of people play chameleon because they're trying to line up with everybody around them or the world it's when you're fully walking in Christ in a full confidence that you become you and i want to look first at Romans 12. I'm going to read this to you. Therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what the will of God is that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Now, Romans 12 continues and it basically gives you a list of things you can do or things to do, things to, to look for as fruit in your life. And I'm, I'm going to summarize them. Don't think higher of yourself than you should. So have an accurate vision of yourself. Have sound judgment. Have an accurate view of others. Serve with the gifts you have. If you're not serving with the gifts you have, how could you possibly desire the gifts you don't have? You see that? If you're looking elsewhere, not even looking at what you have, you're of no use. Love without hypocrisy. It's kind of self-evident. Abhor evil and cling to the good. Be devoted to your brethren. And this is a side Side part to this, be devoted to your brethren, even if you have conflicts with them. The mission of God is much more important than your conflict with your brethren. Get over it. Do what you need to do to get over it. Keep your eyes on Christ and know that you're not going to always be happy with your brethren, with the body, right? There's times where your own body attacks itself. But are you putting the balm on? Are you putting the aid on? Are you reconciling? Are you covering over a multitude of wrongs with love and keeping your eyes on Christ and the, the building up of the body? Or are you tearing yourself apart and tearing yourself out of it because you have beef with somebody else who's in the body? Bless those who persecute you. It goes back to you know, those who have issue with you. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Connect with others. Understand what they're going through. Don't be haughty and prideful, but associate with the lowly. We can all walk with a little more humility. And I'll get into the idea of humility later. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Man, if there's one that I struggle with, it's this. Because it, it, in vulnerable moment, it's hard for me not to have an answer. But man, I can't be wise in my own eyes. I've got to understand where my limitations lay. Don't repay evil. Huge. Respect what is right in all men's eyes. Try to be at peace with all men. Don't take your own revenge. And overcome evil by doing good. So this is a good list that Romans 12 lays out. Would you not say that this person would be a fully developed person? And I truly believe that after this series, if you really put into play what we lay out here through soul, spirit, and body, you're going to blow those away. Now today, I've got a list of three things. I've got truth, 
responsibility and discipline. And I know it sounds like every motivational YouTube video, but it's true. And I'll, I'll break down why. But let's start first with what is your mind and why is it so important? So your mind is actually input-output. Your personality takes in stimuli from all over you, right? Environment, people, things, past. It takes it in. And then we output certain responses and reactions to those things that are happening to us. You think of it as like you filter through your personality, that event, and then you hand it back out to the world in a certain respect. So the question is, why do we love stories? Now, it may seem random, but why do you love stories? Because you have a character who goes through a conflict. And they come out on the other side. There's a massive character arc that happens. And if it's it, a lot of stories, the character is better off. Some stories, like tragedies, the characters all die. So you learn something that they didn't get over their own flaws and problems and obstacles. And so therefore did not solve the conflict, but the conflict solved them, really. So a problem, a crisis, or an issue arises in a story. And those characters are forced to overcome and develop, or they do not, and the conflict defeats them. And so I, I actually, while I was writing this, what came to mind was The Matrix. And go figure, the trailer just came out. But what's that guy's name who, who is basically the Judas of The Matrix story? Do you remember what his name is? I can't either. Anyways, so the guys, there's a scene where the guy's sitting with Agent Smith you know, the the bad guy, and he's in the Matrix, this computer program. No, I can't think of what it is. And he's eating steak. And he knows the steak's a hologram, but he says he doesn't care. He wants to just enjoy it for what it is. He's sick of of knowing life as it really is. And so he he gives up Neo and the crew, you know, the heroes, because he wants to just live in delusion. He ends up dying. But Neo, the hero, who sees that it's an illusion and does not want to continue in the illusion, but step over it and continue to move forward for the goal in his calling, he saves the day. Now, he dies in the process, but he dies a hero. And I want you to think about, are you trying to just live in the illusion? Are you trying to hide yourself? Are you trying to back off from the conflict because you're tired of it and, and just life is tough and I just want to eat the steak? This is something to think about when you're reading stories is, how is this person responding? How would I respond? And so if two people are faced with a conflict, one took it on, they would overcome. Cypher. Thank you, Lord. Yes, it was Cypher. Um, the other succumbed and bowed to the conflict. One took the input of the environment, the situation, and others. They respond by raising themselves up to the challenge. The other chose pleasure, desire, ignorance, ultimately sleep, or lack of responsibility. When you choose pleasure, desire, and lack of responsibility, what you're trying to do is put yourself back to sleep. I think a big problem in today's culture, which, yeah, sounds cliche, but we don't take responsibility. We want to be free of consequences. So you've got to learn to take responsibility in all areas of your life. We're going to get to that. But I want to get to truth first. So are you willing to admit the truth to yourself? 
It's a real question. So are you willing to admit to yourself the true nature? Who you really are, faults and all. And one of the beautiful things about when you walk with the Lord is you can't help but look inward and say, this is where I'm faulty. This is where I'm faulty. This is where I, I need improvement. Because the Lord helps you go through that. We were talking about inner healing earlier. Inner healing is that process of partnering up with the Lord and going back to events that cause scars in your life or twists in your life. And the Lord helps you get the truth into that situation because that situation most likely caused a lie that you started to believe and walked out on. So you walked forward with that lie and it twisted everything to the side. For instance, let's say you, you're a child and a parent comes in drunk, calls you stupid, calls you names, makes fun of you and walks out the room and you're five years old. That could be a life-changing moment that you don't even realize it. But you take on that lie that you're stupid and worthless and can't do anything. And what inner healing does is Christ goes to that moment with you and you look to Christ and you say, Lord, what's true about this? And he does some amazing things. And so then you walk away with that truth. That lie no longer has power. Truth is so important. And there's some telltale signs that you, you need more truth in your life with yourself, more accuracy. Are you defensive with your criticism? Somebody comes to you and say, hey, I'm really noticing this. And you all of a sudden get pushy and defensive. Are you really impatient? I, I struggle with impatience. You're really impatient with other people. Do you react overly emotional to events? Somebody comes to you and, and says something, and all of a sudden you're just you're overly emotional, whether it's crying or anger or, or outbursts. Are you easily swayed? and led by the opinions of others. Is it really easy for somebody to go, you know, I think maybe you should uh, not do that. And you go, oh, okay, all right, yeah, definitely. Or somebody says, you know, maybe I think you should just do this. Oh, yeah, 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 let me do that. Do you crave, crave approval? Do you crave approval from other people? Are you looking at everybody else wondering, what are they thinking? Are they okay with this? Are they not okay? Am I doing well? Am I not doing well? What does so-and-so think? Thank you, Jan. I, I, I love this stuff, and I appreciate that you do too. Jan says, I love what you're talking about. I, thank you. I, this stuff is just so important to me. Um, another question, are you deeply hurt and scarred by the past events and the struggles to overcome those issues? Is there something in your life that you, you can just look back and go, yeah, I'm scarred from that, and so therefore this and this and this? There are a lot of people who they go through abuse, sexual assault, rape, abortions, that, that this stuff needs healing because this stuff is controlling you. And it, it's determining your pathway for a lot of things because there are, there are plenty of women who were abused by men when they were growing up. Men who should have been protecting them. Men who should have been taking care of them. Men who should have been raising them up and preparing them for the world to hand them off to the world ready to take on the world. And these men have abused them so that then these women grow up hating and distrusting men. They think all men are going to do that to them because guess what? A lot of times it's more than just one. And this hurts because what it does is it creates a lie about your own identity. 
But the beautiful part is the Lord can cure that. He can help that. And so you no longer look at these tragedies and struggles in your life as something that defines you, but you look at it as an event that has helped shape you to become a better person, more understanding. And so when, when a person is looking to improve themselves, they must be honest with themselves. Christ says, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Very important here. This is absolutely about salvation. But I truly believe this is not just about salvation. This is about truth. Truth will set you free. It's a lie that will hold you in bondage. And if Christ is truth... Christ is the full embodiment of truth. When you get closer to Christ, you become more accurate within yourself and how you view the world. And so therefore, you are not under the bondage of those lies, but instead you're walking in truth, which is freedom. You are set free because the world no longer can control you. You look at what's going on and you see it with spiritual eyes. You're free because you're walking in truth. We tend to see truth as only a spiritual paradigm, but it's not just spiritual. Truth is part of all of it. And that's what we need to set ourselves on is, am I being truthful with myself? And the prayer definitely becomes, Lord, I want to be more truthful with myself. I want to see myself more accurately. You know the beautiful part of that? Is that accuracy does not necessarily mean being more negative. But it also doesn't mean lying to yourself about being great. So his con Christ's concern with the church of Laodicea was, look, you guys think you're rich. You think you're clothed. You think you're good. He says, no, you're poor, you're sick, you're blind. What were they doing? They had lied themselves into a stupor. He said, you're neither hot or cold, which means they were apathetic. They really didn't care. They're like, we're good. We're comfortable. It's okay. When you're lying to yourself, you lie yourself to sleep. And when you lie yourself to sleep, you're not awake. You're not alive. And it's so important to look to Christ and say, Christ, I need healing. This, I'm being truthful with myself. This and this and this and this needs to happen in my life. Nida says, truth is the foundation so it can transform you. Absolutely. The truth is what will transform you. It will take care of those lies. You want to know why we avoid truth? We want to avoid pain. We probably don't really think about that, but that's really what you're doing is you're avoiding pain. So we lie to ourselves and others, hoping to cover up pain and struggle. You want to know why you lie? To try and get yourself out of consequences, because consequences may mean pain. And I don't mean just physical pain, emotional pain, mental pain, pain of reputation, pain of identity, pain of... of, of relationship. This shows itself in how we puff ourselves up in our own mind. We say, I'm better than them. They don't know who I really am. Or we tear ourselves down and say, I'm worthless. I'm awful. I just, everybody's better than me. You notice the two extremes. So I go back to why is it perceived that we're being more accurate with ourselves when we're negative than when we're being positive? This is something I had to overcome. I really, this, this hit me a um, couple of years ago, 
was, and it started with that little saying of, if you wouldn't say it to somebody else, why do you say it to yourself? And I'm going to say that again. If you wouldn't say it to yourself, or if you wouldn't say it to somebody else, why would you say it to yourself? And what I realized was, man, I am being hypercritical of myself. The next step was, why do I see negative statements as being more accurate than the positive statements? Because I had been told that it, I needed to be humble. But it was never explained to me what it meant to be humble. Being humble is not being lowly and being a doormat. Being humble is being accurate and thinking about other people in relation to yourself. And I don't mean in the doormat sense. See, when you're accurate, you can admit who you are to yourself. You can admit, you know what? I'm good at that. I really am. Not in a boastful way. In a confidence way. And you know what? The more you do it and the, the better you get at it, the more confident you feel. And you're like, I can take this on. I can do that. That's okay. I, I give you permission to take on something. To take on that confidence where you know you're doing well. And where you're not doing well, I give you permission to be honest with yourself without charge, without condemnation. Just saying, I really could improve in this area. Conviction has hope. Condemnation does not. So if the voice in your head is condemning you and saying, you're never going to do this, you're never going to be good, you're never going to get over, that's condemnation. That is not from God. Conviction is, here's where we need to step up. Here's where we need to get better. And I hope what I'm laying on you is a conviction of, are you being truthful with yourself as well as others? Because you can be more truthful and more accurate with yourself. Truth is not believing your emotions are leading you to the truth. Hear that out. Truth is not believing your emotions are pointing back to truth. Here's why. Emotions are a measurement. They are a, a, a reaction to a stimuli. So by that, if it's inaccurate, your emotions will be inaccurate. So if somebody comes to you and says, you know, this, this paper really needs some work and you are just heartbroken. It's just up. That emotion is inaccurate because it's not an accurate, well-reasoned response. What it is, is something's going wrong within. And why am I getting so defensive about this when all the person said to me was, hey, you know, you could improve some stuff on this. Your emotions are smoke. What you need to do is find the fire. Why am I emotionally reacting this way? And that's where truth and lies come in. Because lies, they, they can create a bulge in a perverted emotion that comes out. So if you believe the lie that you're worthless, anybody who comes up and says anything that isn't complimentary feels like they're just piling on to the worthless. So then the emotion comes out of not just, hey, somebody said this isn't very good. The emotion comes out of all of that lie that has been stored up over years within you. And so every little thing will take it off and it'll, it'll explode because it's not just that one little thing that causes all the tears or the anger or the frustration. It's that whole pile of stuff sitting within you. And that thing was just another piece of straw that broke the camel's back. And it happens every time. 
That's why we can't trust our emotions until we find an accurate setting with which to gauge them. Once you've cleaned up all the lies and you found the healing, then all of a sudden you can start, look, okay, my emotional reaction. Now, why did I react that way? I reacted in anger to that. Why is that? And what you may find is, look, there's a, a, something unrighteous that happened there that deserves anger, righteous anger. Or you may find, you know, I, I was a little bit angry on that. And really, so-and-so was doing this. And now I can understand why they were doing that. I, nah, that, that wasn't a good emotional, re emotional reaction. You can weigh these things out a lot better. Destiny says, emotions will always be faulty. Exactly why we can't ride alone on our emotions with our relationship with the Lord. Exactly. Now, emotions can have accuracy. But what happens is, if you're with the Lord and you're following the Lord, the emotions might not tell you the whole story, but the Lord will. You'll get the truth out of that. And those emotional outbursts, you can actually follow them back to the truth. You can follow that back and you start asking questions. Why am I reacting this way? Why did I take that so hard? Why am I feeling this way so often? And you can start to dig down in with the Lord and go, okay, this and this and this. Let's get to responsibility. Why is responsibility so important? Because you're standing more and more on principle and you're having integrity in the principle. If you don't take responsibility for yourself, for your actions, what you are doing is you're trying to create another lie. The lie is, oh, that's so-and-so. That's so-and-so. You ever been around somebody who never takes responsibility for anything? You could watch them drive their car into a brick wall and they will start blaming the person down the street. Why do we do that? because we're not being truthful with ourselves. Now, I would argue it's healthier for you to understand your responsibility, whether it's 5% or 100% versus always putting responsibility on somebody else. And so that goes back to truth. But responsibility also is when you take responsibility, you're taking charge over things. You're taking control. And when you take control, all of a sudden you see things with possibilities. You ever felt completely out of control? It's a very scary thing. And what actually happens is a lot of mental illness happens because we, we don't know how to take control over a situation or an event that happened in our life, and we, or we don't know how to cope with it. And so there's this, this mangling that happens, and we have to cope with something somehow, and some people create mental illness. This, this isn't a shot at them. This is... This is what happens is traumatic event. We don't know how to cope with it. We, we don't know how to, how to level things or how to understand things. It's too painful for us to work through. And so click, there, there's a twist that happens. And the mental illness will be the, the psyche's mechanism of coping with a major event or something that happened. There's also biological mental illness, but I really think the vast majority of these things, such as like depression, there's, there's a, for me, it was very much a lack of fulfilling my expectations. And I had a hard time coping with that. And so what would happen is I wasn't fulfilling the expectations I had in myself and I didn't want to cope with the truth 
of the matter that it was me that wasn't fulfilling those, and so depression came out of it. When I zeroed back into the truth and I started taking responsibility for myself and my failures, I failed at something. It wasn't that I was a horrible human being. It was I made a mistake. All of a sudden, the depression started to to lose its power. And then there were some other things that I dealt with with it. Um, Catching it early. Catch it early. If you're dealing with depression, I feel like maybe I'm talking to somebody here. If you're dealing with depression, you've got to catch the triggers. You got to figure out what triggers you. Because for me, there were very much events that something I would make a failure at work or a mistake. And I would feel like I'm the only one who ever makes mistakes. This makes me a worthless person. I can't do anything right. And you probably know what I'm talking about with that slide of the language. The negative self-talk takes over and it spirals. What I learned to do was I had to catch it early. As soon as I made that mistake, the first thing I might hear was, there you go again. And I would have to stop it in its tracks and say, no, I am God's child. God has a purpose for me. Everybody makes mistakes. I can move forward. I can learn from this. And the beauty of the Lord is the Lord can, can, he can overcome anything. And if I make an honest mistake, my God's got me. My God's not going to drop me on my head and leave me because I, I made a mistake at work. And so you catch those seeds early and you can help prevent that spiral down. And so instead of going for a week, I would have maybe a day or two. And I got good to catching it to where maybe it was an hour or two hours of depression. Then I'd have to kind of stab myself a little bit and go, hey, hey, are you going to wallow in this? Or are you going to trust the identity that Christ has given you and know that you are better than this? Your mistake does not define you. And I speak that to all of you. Your mistakes do not define you. And that's where truth comes in because your mistakes do not define you. That's where responsibility comes in. Take responsibility for the mistake. Own up to it. Don't blame anybody else. Take charge of that situation. Take control of it and say, I'm responsible for this. I'll do what I need to do to correct it. I'm sorry. And you might get somebody who who reacts poorly, but you'll know in your conscience you did right. And responsibility is so important because if we don't take responsibility, we're just given fluff words. A couple of comments. I want to go through these real quick. We have to be willing to be honest with ourselves and bring it to the Lord. Absolutely. Really appreciate this podcast. Thanks for sharing. He can overcome anything. Thank you, Rebecca. Destiny, the most powerful thing I learned in inner healing was that my thoughts with depression was me speaking death over myself. Completely changed how I saw suicidal thoughts. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's speaking life to yourself. Don't just speak life to other people. Speak life to yourself. Life to yourself is hope. You can move on hope. God has hope in you. He has more faith in you than you do. So it's time to step up to that. It's time to hold that hope. It's time to speak hope and life and truth and faith to yourself. Speak to yourself with love. Love is not flattering yourself. It's not saying I'm the best in the world and I'm just the greatest person and everybody loves me and I'm so great. It's not loving yourself. No. 
Croft thinks it is. It's not. No, loving yourself is being honest with yourself with grace. You know, I really made that mistake. But I know I can correct it, and I know I can overcome it. That's loving yourself. Or somebody did this to me, but I know how the Lord sees me. I know that the Lord can solve this problem and this issue. I know I can take responsibility for my side. And I know that what's more important is I need to love them. Those are words of life. You can speak words of life to yourself. And sometimes it takes a while to break out of that habit of negative self-talk. And it sounds so shallow psychological, but it's so true. Motivate yourself with a deeper respect for truth and for hope. And so we've hit honesty. We've hit responsibility. I want to hit discipline. And some people are like, let's not go there. Why? Because we have to go there. We have to go to the discipline side of things. And I'm not talking about you getting up at 4.30 in the morning and you doing that strenuous workout and eating chicken breasts all day. Unless that's what you feel called to do. Then you need to discipline yourself to it. But discipline means saying yes and moving forward with that information and sticking to it despite what tries to pull us away. Discipline might also be saying no. Right? Discipline is doing what you don't want to. It's also not doing what you know you shouldn't. It's doing what you know you should. Discipline's having integrity. It's being consistent with what you know to be true. Following through on things. So you tend to look at disciplined people and think, okay, they must not really be all that happy, right? I mean, how could anybody be happy eating dried chicken breasts and getting up to work out every day and you know, uh, never watching TV and all of that? You know, because us with all of our compromises and our slidings and our uh, fulfilling of those shallow desires, we're all really happy, right? You, you see where I'm going with this is maybe we should rethink, okay, what needs to get more disciplined in my life? And you know, the, one of the number one ways to make yourself dissatisfied with yourself, compromise. Compromise on what you believe in what you know to be true, compromise on, on your principles, on your convictions, you will reach unhappiness faster than anything else, right? It's that compromise that causes it. And so what I'm talking about with discipline is not compromising on what you know to be true. And maybe you don't know how to be disciplined. That's very possible. And that's okay. It's okay to know you're being truthful with yourself, that you're not very disciplined. You're taking responsibility of it. Now take responsibility and say, what can I do to start improving my discipline? What are the actions or the habits or the behaviors that you know you want to achieve to fulfill a more developed life? Is it getting healthier? Is it studying more deeply with the Lord? Is it being more attentive to your family? and getting a better work-life balance? Is it working harder and going to work a couple more hours because you know that you can provide more for your family? And look at what hinders that discipline. Is it sleeping in late? Is it junk food? Is it YouTube or your cell phone? Is it um, sitting around and not going to work when you know you should? 
Is it staying at work late when you know you've got a family event? We draw boundaries and we have to be disciplined to those boundaries. I'm not saying you can't, you know, be on a super healthy diet and have a bowl of ice cream. There are times where you can, you know, reward yourself or enjoy things in life. I love to eat out. But if I eat out every day, I'm going to be broke. I'm going to be fat. So I need to discipline myself. And every once in a while, the family and I go out. And I enjoy it all the much more because it's not... You ever, you ever done something day in, day out, and then it's just not as enjoyable as the first time, right? Discipline helps keep the enjoyment of pleasures of life. So I'm not saying discipline, hardcore, 100%, never have another bowl of ice cream. I'm saying, what do you know that you should be more disciplined on? And so when we put all of this together, what this process looks like is truth. Okay, you need to assess accurately where you are with your life. Okay, write down a list, really figure out, okay, where am I at in life? And where would I be in five years if I did everything that I actually want to do to reach those goals, right? What goals would I want to have five years or 10 years from now? In the adverse, if you don't do any of those things and you continue on the path you're on, where would you go? What would your path be? Where would you end up in five years? I challenge you to do that. Where would you end up? If you, if you went after all of your goals and you achieved all of your goals, where would you be in five years? And where would you be in five years if you did nothing? You continued just on the same path you're doing. So assess accurately where you're at. Responsibility, take responsibility for things that you need to take responsibility for. And that may even mean your emotional reactions that were not accurate. Taking responsibility and saying, you know what? I should not have had that outburst. I apologize. That was, that was wrong of me. Discipline. Take the steps in order to achieve those things. Start figuring out, okay, what can I do to start at least just making a step? I love the idea of the 1%. Just 1%. Just one little thing. Everybody says, well, I want to read the Bible, but I get so bored. I tell, I've told some of my young adults, one verse. Just start with one verse. After a week or two, go to two verses. That's how I started. I, I literally would do like half a chapter or a chapter. And then as it progressed and I got used to the habit and I built the discipline in it, I started realizing, man, I'm getting more out of this. I can't stop here. I got to keep going. You can do that. And if you fall off the wagon, get back on. Take responsibility and say, you know what? I fell off. It didn't go well. I need to get back into this. And we're going to talk more about that on, on the health section. but. That's so important. Do not hold yourself down and castigate yourself and speak death to yourself because you failed. See how this all ties in? If you fail, take responsibility. Be honest with yourself. Say, okay, this is what happened. This is where I failed. Tomorrow I'm getting back up and I'm doing it again. Well, if you sleep in and you don't do it tomorrow. Okay, I need to set my alarm earlier or I need to have my spouse wake me up so I'll actually do this. And guess what? So many people do not like getting up. You're not, you're not the only person. Some of the most disciplined people hate it, yet they still do it because they know it's what they need to do. And they feel more contentment and satisfaction because they're going after what the Lord's put on their heart to do. You got to face these things in the thick of life. 
you have to learn these principles in life in real time and they will carry you through and debrief yourself after a major conflict or a major tension or a major struggle or a major failure debrief and go okay how did i react what what was my mental process on this what did i do well what did i not do well what do i need to improve right um so let's go through a couple more comments kellyanne i speak life and there's always hope tomorrow is a gift we are blessed but some of us have to go to him and our other half doesn't speak life i dread going home life is amazing my church family is amazing there's a place called home kelly i just um i'm gonna pray for you at the end of it kelly continue to speak life do not let anything else pull you away from the hope of the lord you you are not going through an easy time. But what I want you to know is that you are loved and that you are continuing to walk in that faith and that hope and that encouragement. And you have that body around you that is supporting you. And I want to speak life to you in this moment of continue to walk with him. You're not faltering. You, you carry what Christ is carrying with you. And, and I know you know this. But you never know the example that you're leaving just by doing what the Lord's called you to do. And sometimes that example takes longer than we want, but it's more important and vital and significant than we could ever imagine. So Anaya says, yes, speaking life is hope, and we all need to hold on to that. I understand dreading to go home because I lived it, but God can transform you in your other half. Speak life at home to others also. Be constant in prayer. Be filled and in close relationship with Jesus and transformation comes. Whether it's your half or your perspective, change comes. Amen. Amen. Kelly, this I know. I'm mindful now more than ever. Beautiful. Keep ministering to each other, guys. That's, that's awesome. Um, so life lessons. We're getting short on time, and it, it was already kind of a psychological, spiritual, heavy topic. But I want to give you a life lesson because this is something I've been thinking about and take this away with you. This is about leadership, whether you're a leader or not. Leadership is about getting other people to succeed. And one of the things that you learn in leadership is conflict between you and those you're leading or you in conflict and other leaders and all of that. And so you have to keep your vision very carefully on what is the Lord wanting me to do in this as a leader? What's my goal? What's my vision? And so it's not an easy thing, but a leader needs to see the goal. They need to look ahead and they need to see the success of their people beyond all the crap that happens between them. And this goes into the whole reconciliation thing, because as a leader, it can be very easy for you to write somebody off that's giving you conflict. But as a leader, you actually have to step and rise above that and go, okay, what's going on in them that I need to lead on in their own life? How can I encourage them? How can I guide them? How can I correct them? How can I, how can I bring them to a greater level of success in their own life? And you, if you are submitting to a leader, need to understand my leader has a goal that they're trying to obtain. And the Lord is working with them to get to this goal if you're following under spiritual leadership. But even if you're not, are you doing the best you can to help your leader succeed, even if you don't like them? 
And are you as a leader doing your best to help your employees or your, your followers or whoever succeed even if you don't like them? Is the goal and the mission more important? Or is it the I'm right that's more important? And so what leaders have to really come around and learn is how they interact and how they build relationship with those that they're leading. And if you're not a leader, how are you interacting and building relationship with those who are leading you? And if you can build that relationship that's a family relationship, you guys can go places. It's the, I don't think what they're doing is right. And I don't know why they're doing this. And why can't they do that? And I think they're wrong on this. That stuff tears things apart. That's a cancer in that. And you're also not looking for your leader's success. What you're actually looking for is to supplant them. Because you hope by your criticism and your nitpicking and your arguing and all of that, that you can supplant them somehow. And what I'm learning is the value of the relationship and the goal being much more important than the I'm right or the I'm wrong. And it's a, it's a process, guys. It's a process. And Gloria said, start with small goals, making your bed every day. Absolutely. Make your bed. Clean your room. Can't change the world if you don't know how to have some semblance of delegation and organization. So, guys, I hope you enjoyed the podcast tonight. I hope you got something out of it. I hope you grew through it, got some revelation, got some tidbits. Continue in this to share like your lessons or the things you've learned and how to develop better as a person. What are the lessons you've gone through? If, if you're listening on Spotify or Apple, be sure to leave those comments where you can find us. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us all over the place. You can find us on Facebook, YouTube, Spotify, all those places. Leave the comments. Let's have a discussion about this because I love this stuff. This stuff is so valuable. I love you too, Gloria. Thank you, Oneida. So without further ado, I hope you guys have a great night. Be sure to tune back in because Massey and I are going to be hitting the spiritual side of in the making. We're going to talk about how do you develop more spiritually? How do you develop the spirit within you? Okay. So I love you guys. I appreciate you. I cherish you all. And uh, what's that? Croft caught me. Um, I'm plugging. Well, I already plugged the platform. 1776 Truth.Store. Go buy a sweatshirt. With that being said, I love you guys. Have a great night.